Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, everybody. We are coming at you with another Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And I am here with my good friend, Ben Landrum. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Jim? I am good. So many of you may have heard Ben's other half on this podcast before. Courtney is in the... Five Golden Things Twice Club along. Wow. It's, it's a very rarefied <laughs> circle. So Turtle does, if you remember, it was myself interviewing Courtney about the transition from Oregon to New Jersey. And that was a great podcast. And Courtney was also on the very first and so far only video pod. The the is that the vlog the vlog? The I think vlog, it's a vlog. Vlog. Yeah. Why doesn't it end with a D, though? Why, why wouldn't it be vlog? A video log? Or a video... Are you thinking pod? Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. maybe log. I don't know why it would be okay. log instead of pod. Okay. Like Vlad the Impaler? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, Ben, Ben, do you think you can measure up to the standards that your wife has set so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. She's on a roll, but we'll see how I do, Jim. <laughs> okay. It's going to be great. The topic for today is... The top five scientific explanations for everyday things. Ben, you're a software engineer by trade. You've studied chemical engineering. You might not know this about me, but I also have multiple science degrees. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm excited finally to have a conversation among equals. With yeah, them. definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go. So, so <laughs> super fast before we jump in, I, I warned Ben that I wanted to have a story. Ben, did, did you know what happened to me at the beginning of your Halloween party? At the beginning, I, I heard... Wait, 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 heard... No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> maybe, maybe you have, but I'll tell everybody else. I, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but Ben and Courtney are almost responsible for me leaving my church, leaving my family, and dropping <laughs> off the face of the earth. It, it, it was a Halloween party I, uh, at your place. I'd never been to your house before, and so I just like <laughs> mapped it. Uh, parked on your block. There were a lot of cars on the block, so I parked like a little bit farther up from where your your the GPS said said your house was. I got out, went into this house with you know the door was open, Halloween, scary lights outside, and music. Obviously, the place to go. Right, and so I I went in, saw a couple of met a couple of people that I didn't that I didn't recognize, and then a couple more people that I didn't recognize, and I thought, wow. Ben and Courtney haven't lived in this house for a long time, but they, they have a ton of, like, friends and neighbors. And so I kept meeting new people. It was a house with, like, an open kitchen floor plan in yeah. the very back of the bottom floor. When right. I got back to the kitchen, I was looking around. It was Halloween costumes, so some people had masks on. Yeah. And But I was looking around, and I didn't see anybody that I knew, including the, <laughs> the purported hosts. Yeah. And so... I, I was just kind of milling around a little bit, and eventually people started looking at me funny. <laughs> and I was in a skeleton costume, yeah. and I said, "I'm sorry, 
I kind of like asked the room. There's about 20 people in there. Hey, is this Ben and Courtney's house? Oh, my gosh. And they were like, no. And I was like, well, is it in whatever your address is? Like, what is this 412? And then they were, they were like, no, this is 418. Wow. And I was like, oh. And then everybody started laughing. <laughs> and, and some people were giving me high fives. And That's great. And, and the... The host came over to me and said, hey, why don't you stay here? Oh, Do you want to stay wow. at our party? <laughs> and I paused. It was a really good party you were. And then I said, yeah. uh, I better get going. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the Garden of Forky Pass moment where, like, what if I had stayed at that party? But So one, one thing I'm wondering, so I, I don't think I would have – Asked the crowd that one. I think I would have just started out with individual people just to start hedge my. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I wasn't making any progress. Well, I I guess I could have asked the person next to me as I spent in Courtney's house. Yeah, yeah. I I felt like, and maybe this is my my Enneagram three slash ego style. talking, but <laughs> but I I perceived that all eyes were on me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I I eventually got to the right house, right party, and it was a great night that's great it, it would have been on you i had never been <laughs> never been heard from again what a rabbit hole okay but enough about halloween let's talk call back to courtney's vlog episode let's talk about top five scientific explanations of everyday things are we going to be counting down from five to one or counting up from one to five or are they not ranked they're they're not they're not really ranked i, okay. I grouped them by by Familiarity, all, all these other reasons that aren't ranking like is okay. yeah, yeah, very good. Hit me, yes. number five. So yeah, n- number five for me. Uh, it, it's just a timeless question. It doesn't really get into what I studied in my chemical engineering program. Okay, but I'm putting it first because this is the obvious um, everyday thing that you might have a scientific question about, hmm. and that's why is the sky blue? Oh. Uh. I, I'll let you answer this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it, it turns out that this has to do very much so with our atmosphere. Okay. And it has to do with how our, the, the molecules in our atmosphere, you, you might know them, mm-hmm. mostly nitrogen, um, followed by that oxygen, and then some other gases and particulates, yep. et cetera. Yep. Um, but these, these molecules in the upper atmosphere um, interact with the light sent by the sun. Mm-hmm. So the sun is the sun's light is white. It sends yep. light in all different colors at once, and the different colors are associated with different um, wavelengths of light. Yep. So there's a red wavelength, there's a blue la- wavelength, mm-hmm. there's a green wavelength. The red wavelengths are bigger than the blue wavelengths, which is more like Krypton because Superman there is a red sun. Right, right. I, Krypton. Yeah, yeah. We didn't study that in chemical engineering, but I'll, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll trust Just, you on your 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 many degrees. Keep, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so what happens is these molecules in the upper atmosphere, um, they they are electric in some way as well, and mm-hmm. we one thing that we understand these days is that light is an excitation of electromagnetic fields. Okay. So you could think of the electromagnetic field as something that, that mediates electric and magnetic interactions between particles, magnets, etc. Okay. This field is undulating, and mm-hmm. the undulations are, are light, the ones that travel through space. Right. So, um, so light will come from the sun, and it will hit these molecules... Um, that are in the upper atmosphere, yep. 
And if you if you might remember from science class that these the the atoms within these molecules have a positively charged nucleus, yep. negatively charged electrons. Yeah, electrons yeah. around them. Um, so when the light hits these these atoms, it'll actually wiggle them a little bit. The wiggling of the light, the undulations uh -huh. of the light will yeah. will cause the atoms to wiggle. And huh. so they're able to absorb some of that energy from the sun. Okay. Um, but then since they're absorbing energy, they're also able to emit energy as well as mm -hmm. in, in the form of light. Right. And because um, the atoms have natural undulations mm -hmm. in the ultraviolet range, yep. they tend to emit radiation at the low wavelengths or, or high energies. Okay. So um, the so they'll they'll emit ultraviolet light to to a high degree, but blue light's not really far from ultraviolet light as far as how yeah. long its wavelength right. is. So a, a good question is is why the sky isn't just purple all the time or, yeah. or violet all the time, right. and that's that's because our eyes aren't particularly well picking up the color purple. We right. might pick up blues and reds together and call yeah. it purple, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's so the the sky is blue because these atoms are able to scatter this blue light. Yep. And so the sun appears yellow in the sky because blue is being scattered away and what's left is oh, yellows, reds, etc. Okay. Yeah. Huh, that's fascinating, Ben. Uh, one follow-up question is for our for any other planets that go around our sun, hmm. would if they had sufficient atmosphere, would the sky necessarily be blue on those other planets, or would it be different based that, on the atmospheric makeup? That, that's a great question, Jim. Yeah, so so you're right. It really has to do with what's in the atmosphere. One, okay. one thing that I read before our meeting, because I wanted to make sure I didn't get anything wrong, <laughs> Love it. Um, was <clears throat> that... That this is definitely the case for Mars. Mars during the daytime has like, a yellowish type of yeah, atmosphere, and it, right. it turns blue when when the when the sun oh, goes down. That. Yeah. Huh. But very very good question. Okay. Now 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 we know. I, I have some more Krypton related questions okay. that, that, that we'll see if we have time for at the end. But that was great. Give me your number four. Okay. Number four, uh, in going along with um, exploring light, mm -hmm. why why do we see rainbows? when light hits CDs and DVDs. Oh, yeah. So I brought right. a DVD of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I don't remember the last time I watched this. It's that's John Woo, right? Let's see. Um, or the director? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to look afterwards. But anyway, <laughs> okay. anyway, like you can see this DVD. Yeah. You can see the different colors of the rainbows coming off the surface. It That's in right. Different directions, right? Yeah. So, um, what do you know about about CDs or other other recorded media that are like? Yeah. This? Well, I know that CD is more desirable than vinyl hmm. or um, MP3s or or Spotify, and that it's the superior audio hmm. medium. So. Right. So, um, but it it does it does look very similar to a record, it, doesn't it? Also, yeah, that's actually true. And 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 vinyl records actually do have that same, a, a little bit of the same effect, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's actually very similar to a record in the way um, data are recorded on it. A record huh. has grooves. 
that if you drag a needle across it, you'll be able to amplify those into yep. the recording. Yeah. It's a very similar thing on the CD and DVD. Mm -hmm. If you look really close, um, there's an aluminum layer in here mm -hmm. that has little raised regions and little dropped regions. But okay. it's the same type of thing where you're, instead of dragging a needle, you're dragging a laser across. Right. And the deflection of the, of the laser will sometimes hit a sensor if it's on top of a bump yeah. or, or or in a pit. I forget which is which. Okay. But that that's really what tells it, all right, this is what you're doing right now. The speaker huh. is okay. coming in yeah. or out. Huh. So, the, but then there's a question, why are we seeing rainbows on the CD, but not a record player? We're not seeing exactly, them right. on the other yeah. one. I'm, so, I'm mesmerized. <laughs> so it really has to do not with the ups or downs of the bumps, mm -hmm. but what happens um, when you go from one ridge to another? Uh-huh. So on a CD or a DVD, those ridges are very close together. It's okay. on the order of a micron, which is a millionth of a meter or a thousandth of um, a millimeter. Right. So, but we also know from our, um, from our, actually I never told you, uh, so visible lights in the hundreds of nanometers, so those wavelengths, mm -hmm. which isn't that far away from a micrometer. They're very similar in size. Okay. And this creates the opportunity for um, for waves that hit hit the ridges, hit different ridges, to interfere with each other. Hmm. And this interference happens in a very regular way because the ridges themselves are arranged very regularly. It's a repeating pattern if you yeah. look at it from the side. Right. So when when you have when you have a feature like that whose size is comparable to a wavelength of light, it's a recipe for interference. Oh. So, so if they weren't commensurate size, you wouldn't have the in, the interference. That, that's right. So if it, if it were if it were rough like sand in a mm -hmm. random way, you, you yeah. won't you won't get this nice pattern mm -hmm. that comes off of it. It's huh. very it has to be very regular. Interesting. I had no idea. So so is that is it called refraction when it would be like scattering the light into the rainbow stuff, or is that or is refraction something different? So so you're 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 getting on a, a very important point here, Jim. So that there are two ways of splitting. A light that I don't know of two ways of splitting okay. a light into its colors. Let's just yeah. stick to the basic two. Yeah, so. yeah. So one one is refraction, yeah. like you're saying, where light hits a prism or a, yeah. a surface at a at a uh, at a diagonal angle. Uh -huh. um, and because the light, the different wavelengths of light travel through the material at different speeds, mm -hmm. it'll fan out into its different colors because light tends to uh, minimize the time traveled from one point to yeah. another. Um, diffraction is what we're thinking oh, about right here. Okay, so, so like that, the opposite. Yeah, so so yeah, this diffraction happens because of of interference rather than differences in speed okay. traveling through a medium. So not quite the opposite then. No, so it, it it's opposite in some way in that um, for refraction, I, I think it's red light is is bent the least, but for diffraction, blue light is mm -hmm. bent the least. So it's it, I think it's opposite in yeah. that way. Okay. Um, yeah. So. So one thing, uh, the reason why we're seeing a rainbow, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's easiest to um, think about what happens if you shot it with a laser instead. Because okay. a laser is one color of light. Yeah. And what happens is rather than one spot coming back from the reflection, you're going to have a an array of spots. Right. So you're going to have one spot above, one spot to the right or left of it, and yeah. vice versa. Uh-huh. So then what happens when you have white light, or let, let's say it's a second laser, let's, let's think about a second light, okay. green laser. Yeah. It'll be the same type of spread out spots, mm -hmm. but they'll be 
a, a different distance apart. So they'll okay. be spread to a different extent. Gotcha. But white light is all the colors together. So you, you, you in, instead of just a red and a green spot, mm -hmm. um, you'll have uh, an orange spot and yellow spot in between. Yeah. So you're able to complete the rainbow that way. Right. Huh. So you may have already answered this question. Why am I seeing some from the center radiating out some yellow green streaks, but then also some reddish ones? So you're seeing some yellow green streaks. Um, so it does it look different? Oh, like it looks different, different now. So so is that just like a Roji Biv thing going there? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So this is true of CDs. Yeah, it's true of CDs, DVDs, and DVDs, Blu-rays. Um, Blu-rays. That's a good question. Okay. Um, the the features, the the ridges are closer together. Interesting. In Blu-rays. Okay. I'm wondering if that has to do with why it looks. I, I'm not sure about that. Laser discs. Laser discs. Are laser discs big CDs? I'm I'm not sure. They came out I'm not sure. before DVDs. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eight tracks. Eight tracks. Eight tracks. Um, I'm not sure if they have the ridges, it, like if you were to, there's a tape in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. May, maybe. Do I tapes never... have ridges? Do ruffles have ridges? Do tapes have ridges? There's got to be some type of, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. What are we doing here? If, if yeah, yeah. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> so, so, so we'll do the other five golden things on the eight track. That, that'll be glorious. Uh, that is awesome, Ben. Do you have anything else on the... The diffraction, or should we go to number three? Um, let's go to number three. This is this is more uh, more in my wheelhouse, more okay. connected to chemical engineering, and my focus on material science. Gotcha. And this has to do the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I brought I brought something for you, Jim, so you, you can test this out. Okay. We're going to test some physics right here. Yes. So I I just tossed Jim a uh, Jim. What did I just toss you? Uh, it's inappropriate to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. It, it is a yellow rubber band of medium thickness. Yeah. So, um, so what, what I'm going to talk about next is the the reason for the surprising elasticity of rubber bands. Mm -hmm. So, um, rubber bands and rubber in general, their their elasticity is very different from a lot of other substances. Mm -hmm. Like try try stretching anything else, you'll never. It, it, You'll, you'll be it, it would be challenging to find another material that you could stretch as far as a rubber band can yeah. that returns to its original shape right yeah so the question is why why rubber bands can act like that and it has to yeah. do with their with their um, with their chemistry mainly mm -hmm. okay so um do, are you familiar with with terms for rubber or what, what do you think a rubber band might be made of? Uh, rubber plant. Rubber plant, exactly. Tap, yeah. Tap when you tap trees that are rubber plants, and then you get you extract the the rubber and the adamantium and the vibranium. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you you could you could extract extract um, from trees the natural latex, natural rubber. Okay. Um, Is latex natural rubber? Um, I, I think so. Okay. That's something we'll, yeah, okay. <laughs> we might have to edit out later, but sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so natural rubber is, is not what we have here. Natural rubber isn't cross-linked. I was going to ask if this is like actual, like from. No, no, this okay. is, this is, I, I believe this, synthetic. this might be all synthetic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the, the cross-linking enables you to um, stretch further and it to return to its original shape. If it's not stretched, it, it kind of flows in a way. Yeah. That's irreversible. Okay. So it will return close to its original shape, but not exactly to it. But right. Yeah, we're, we're fixing that with our modern rubber. Okay. Right so so what? how does the cross-link make it better? So, so cross, cross-link pins the structure the the microstructure of the rubber band mm -hmm. in shape to some degree it's okay. kind of providing guardrail rails from it deforming in a way that i can't recover from gotcha huh do we do we are rubber bands of natural rubber on the market at this point or are most of them at least a blend that's that's best? a good question i i would be surprised um yeah, that, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm sure if you if you do enough digging, you could you could buy some natural rubber bands. Turtle doves. <laughs> it's 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 the next hipster frontier. That's right. <laughs> the na the natural office. Yeah. <laughs> Cocktail parties. Is that a natural rubber band? <laughs> ben, Ben, for you and Courtney, what are what are some of your most common uses for rubber bands? Um, let's see. For rubber bands, I like, love rubber bands. Yeah, I I, use them I a lot. think. Maybe bundling colored pencils together. Okay. Good, good use for rubber bands. Yeah. Um, let's. Yeah. I'd. I'd say like if you have a if you have a pencil case that's getting out of control, you yeah. could use a rubber band. Yeah. How about for yourself, Jim? Food storage. So Food storage. The at least in the anger household, which, which is always some form of controlled slash uncontrolled chaos. The for like bag clips. Hmm. Always running low on bag clips, right? For it for a bag of chips or bread with the little twangies so i am very much in the camp of using rubber bands bag of chip like tortilla chips hmm. just put a big rubber band over the whole thing cinch yeah. it up and it's fine you don't have to keep tra track of you know a, a bag of rubber bands might just be a couple of bucks you might get three clips for ten dollars exactly so cost effective yeah yeah and probably like i, I don't know if what, what lets you to go to rubber bands eventually was it some heated discussions over whose chips would get the, the <laughs> oh, clip I, on I, I like it it's getting <laughs> spicy and personal the, i i think i was beside myself angry that and it's mostly against my kids like who who's using all the Every once in a while, when when we'll do like a pantry or a kitchen clean out, mm. we'll find all of our clips at the very back of the fridge or back of the pantry of for things that are totally unnecessary to use a clip for. I just happened to have an all-purpose bag of rubber bands around, and I was like, I'm done with clips. Yeah, they're dead to me. Yeah, so. I, I never really experimented with the clips, but yeah, I, I think I've used rubber bands quite a few times. Take out containers. Yep. Secure them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Better safe than sorry. That's for love sure. it. Rubber bands number three. We are moving, Ben. What do you got for number two? Oh, I just wanted yeah. to do one experiment yes, for the rubber band. Oh, so I like it. The, the real key to its elasticity, uh -huh. it's not just the cross-linking. It turns out when you deform a rubber band, you're not actually stretching the bonds between the atoms so much. What you're doing is rubber bands, the, the, um, the polymers that make them up, these yeah. long chains of molecules, right. they're just... At room temperature, they're naturally wiggling around. Because okay. when, when you zoom into atoms and molecules and e even small microorganisms, yeah. things are constantly buzzing around, yeah. vibrating. Exactly. Yeah. So when a when a rubber band is relaxed, everything is 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 vibrating around. But when mm -hmm. you stretch it, you, in a sense, prevent that wiggling around from happening so much. Oh. So it, it actually 
it wants to wiggle around. When you're stretching yeah. it, you're you're fighting against its natural wiggliness. That's why it's pulling in the opposite direction. Huh. So when you're stretching a rubber band, you're actually tightening the molecular chain? So uh, you, you're preventing it from wobbling out as far as it normally would. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Do you know what... Uh what Brownian motion is? I do. Yeah, that that's something that I focused on a whole lot. But yeah, oh, it has really? to do with it, th- there's a big link with Brownian motion, the random agitation. Okay. Yeah. One you've you might not know this about me, but I was a coach on my when I lived in Texas, my church league men's basketball team. Yeah. And Whenever our offense was disorganized, I would say, we're not doing Brownian motion out oh, there. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, I, I, I love, love it. I love the reference. Yeah. That's perfect it, for this. <laughs> yeah, they, they they never got it, and they did not. They failed to execute my offensive vision. Oh, pretty, I see. Pretty substantially. I you see. don't want Brownian motion, which is also one of the reasons why, and don't take this the wrong way, Turtle Doves, I find soccer hard to watch because it just looks like Brownian motion to me. And I, I don't understand the movements or the structures or the – uh, how the movements relate to one another. Yeah, yeah, very different, I think, from from football, where there's a clear line of right. Like, it's almost like like a, a warfare. Or yeah, there's a clear right. trenches. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Very different from that. Okay, and Bra- one more. Sorry, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I was just gonna say, Brownie emotion. Uh, okay, one more experiment to do. Yeah. And so this this I gave you a rubber band. You could do yep. it on your own time. So <laughs> if you stretch- don't tell me when I can use my rubber band. Or not. <laughs> So when you stretch it, if you yeah. if you stretch your rubber band really quickly and uh-huh. immediately put it up to your lip because oh. your lip is sensitive to temperature changes, right? You'll notice it. You'll notice some heat. Okay. But if you if you quickly contract it from an ex- extended state, okay, and then you put it against your lip, you'll notice it feeling cold, and that's because when you stretch it really quickly. Yeah. The heat's got to go somewhere. The random agitation has to go somewhere because right. you're removing it when yeah. you're stretching it. Yep. So it'll escape into your lips Can, and vice versa. Uh, you, you do it first. So I'm going to stretch the rubber band really quickly and uh-huh. immediately put it on my lips. It's, it, it's a very subtle effect. I think it's easier if you stretch it really quickly with a big rubber band. But, yeah, you, you uh, <laughs> people might watch you. Wait, wait, wait. You, but, but you haven't done it yet. So I stretch it really quickly, okay. then I put it on my lips. Similarly, oh, oh, so, so first you stretch, then you, then you put it on the lips. Yeah, okay. yeah. You can like you can get the big rubber bands in France. Oh, really? Okay. So along with the natural rubber bands, we've got big rubber bands. <laughs> Those big French rubber. Bands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's trying ah, it. I got to do it fast. It's supposed to be cold. So it, it might be good to touch it first for okay. control. Yep. Then stretch it really quick, then put it back okay. on your lips. Yes! Yeah, you got it? Wow. First try. Wow. That's great. Uh, it was not the first try. <laughs> <laughs> first try in that series of attempts. Rubber bands. Love it, Ben. Shall we? Let's let's move on. Okay. Yeah, after after ten minutes of rubber bands. <laughs> so the next They're one. They're from France. <laughs> Next one um, is why why does milk spoil or curdle? I I want to know. So um, ha- have you ever run into this everyday thing? Every day. Tim, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so milk. Sp- first of all, but enough about my kid's bed. Come on. <laughs> what, what 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 do you think might be causing like off the top of your head? What do you think might be causing milk to spoil or curdle? What was the old story about the scientist that 
put an airlock on meat hmm. who like why why do flies get on meat well it's because the meat itself breeds the flies but oh, then he oh. would, but then he would like you know put like meat seal it up so that like no flies could lay eggs there and then it was found so so i guess the question for that i'm going through in my mind hmm. is spontaneous generation does, <laughs> does it come from does it come from inside the milk or does it come from like atmosphere and external germs interacting with them. that that's that's a great question and i i was curious about this when i yeah. was researching before this okay. podcast yeah so there's um so the bacteria that mm-hmm. could cause this type of spoilage regularly yep. Yep. it could come from from elsewhere but there are also trace amounts that will even survive pasteurization from what i understand oh, okay so um what so it spoils from bacteria yeah yeah from okay. bacteria or there, there are intentional ways of doing it as mm-hmm. well um but let's let's focus on the bacteria first yep. the bacteria will eat the sugars in the milk um and their digestive system will poop, poop out, it out yeah right? <laughs> poop out um lactic acid mm-hmm. so th- this lactic acid will change the ph of the milk Right. So what's pH? It has to do, so low, um, high pH is a bunch of um, like hydrogen mm-hmm. ions in there. Yeah. So, shoot, and like I, I always get this mixed up, low pH, which is which? Um, for what? For, uh, shoot, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up. I, well, I remember the old deodorant commercial that, that said strong enough for a man, but pH balanced for a woman. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's relevant right now. We'll answer that question too. Yeah. That is, but is furiously is typing away. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always forget. Or, like, like pH goes down and acidic goes up. Is, is that what you're asking? Yeah. If if acidic is up, that's right. Uh, shoot, I'm blanking here. pH. While you're doing that, I'm going to yeah. look up the, the deodorant. Okay, sounds good. Okay. This is something I should have memorized, but I'm blanking. pH balanced for a woman. Uh, That's oh, right, less than seven yeah, acidic. Okay, we're, we're fine. Okay, Ben, hit me with what you got. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the lower the pH, uh, the more acidic something is the higher ph the more basic something is okay so acidic means there's a lot more um hydrogen ions in the water mm-hmm. um high ph they're 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 not fine the hydrogen is is just like bound to the the water yeah molecules instead so what happens when you uh decrease the ph when lactic acid uh gets mm-hmm. dissolved in, in the water okay so there there are also besides like fat there's milk fat in milk there mm-hmm. are also these proteins called caseins in milk okay so these these How do you spell that c a s e i n i believe okay so these caseins um have regions of their molecules that uh, that are attracted to the water we call them hydrophilic or okay. um attracted to the fats so i think it's called lyophilic um, okay. So the the hydrophilic portions will be 
on the surfaces because they like the water that yeah. um, they're they're immersed in. Mm -hmm. But the other parts will be towards the interior of this casing. They call it a micelle. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a floating bit of protein in, okay. in milk. So the, their surfaces happen to be negatively charged because mm -hmm. they're they're foreign they're found in water at neutral pH, which is seven. Yeah. Um, in, in a salt form, so there there's going to be calcium ions floating at, around them, but yeah. they themselves are negatively charged. Okay. And one thing we might remember from from uh, from physics class or chemistry class mm -hmm. is that negative charges repel each other. Similarly, positive yep. charges repel each yeah. other. So these bits of protein are floating around in milk, mm -hmm. but they're never coming into contact with each other because okay. they're repelling electrostatically. Right, right. What happens when you add acid to milk is that the extra hydrogen ions will pair with those negative charges on the surfaces hmm. of these casein micelles and neutralize the charges. Okay. So you know you don't have these this electrostatic bumper protecting yep these two casein micelles from encountering each other and sticking. They happen yep. to stick together yeah. um, because one one protein surface sees another protein surface. It's mm -hmm. like, we're all proteins. Let's stick together, yep. roughly speaking. So um, then that causes the curdles to form, and mm -hmm. it'll no longer be dispersed throughout the milk. Ah, so that's really interesting. If if it, I don't know if it's actually possible, but if it were at least theoretically possible to prevent bacteria from coming in contact with milk, would it curdle? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would curdle. I don't wow. think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And unless something else in the milk breaks down from light hitting it or something. I, okay. I, turtle does. If you know the answer to this <laughs> question, please write in. I've never tried this experiment. <laughs> the uh, do you, do you recommend pasteur pasteurizing one's milk? So yeah, I I, I <laughs> I've gotten into discussions about this. My, uh -huh. my understanding is that the um, while unpasteurized milk has like enzymes that pasteurized milk does not, mm -hmm. I think maybe the risks outweigh the benefit. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine being proven wrong on this point. Well, uh, we have. We'll just go to Pat Legal to see if that comes. Yeah, out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bobby died of drinking unpasteurized yeah. milk as a result of five golden things. But Ben, that that is fascinating. And shall we go to your number one? Um. Yeah, let's let's go to let's go to number one. Okay, this is a very personal number one. I like it. And this is how do cats manage to fall on their feet? Oh, I don't know. Because it turns out you could actually start by holding a cat completely upside down, mm -hmm. and the cat will land on its yeah, feet somehow. Yeah, it's it's not just an urban legend like they. No, no, there have been experiments on this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And many two two main schools of thought I'll get into on this. This is a very challenging What's problem. What's your job? I drop cats <laughs> for experiments. Right. There have been cats of dropped in space, or like uh, they've studied cats in space to kind of get into this. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So um, what's interesting? This is a scientific explanation for everyday yep. thing, but it, it, it's not really a problem mm -hmm. until you start looking at it. Scientific. So science really created this problem because it seems to predict or it seems to conflict um, a physical principle, mm -hmm. which is known as conservation of angular momentum. OK, so you might know 
that um, momentum is, is conserved, at least in space where you don't have to worry about friction. If yep. an object's in motion, it'll stay in motion in the same direction yep. unless a force acts on it. Yep. This is the analogous principle for rotation. If an object is rotating, it'll keep rotating unless a torque mm -hmm. acts on it. Yeah. So if you have a cat and it's upside down and you're not pushing the cat or anything, you just release it, it, the cat will have to rotate in order to land on its feet. Yeah. So how how are we getting any rotation? How do we get go from zero angular momentum to apparently some right. angular momentum yeah. right there? It, it defies physics, or at least huh. seems to. Yeah. I so, got nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I would not have been able to figure out. The, mm -hmm. this, this took people, even the brightest minds, in physics could not figure this okay. out. There, there's stories of Stokes, who's the Stokes and then the Navier-Stokes equation for mm -hmm. people familiar with fluid mechanics. Maxwell, who is important for figuring out that light is an electromagnetic wave. Mm -hmm. The brightest minds in physics yeah. could not figure this one out. And They were dog people. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. And they, they actually would, would try dropping cats, and th their wives were writing letters about them dropping cats and things <laughs> like this. So it, nobody could make any progress until photography came about oh. at the end of the 19th century because okay. then you're able to see the cat's different motions as it turns. Right, yeah. For a similar reason, nobody really knew, knew what horses looked like when they were running. So if you look at old paintings of horses, mm -hmm. they might look like they're doing funny things. It was controversial oh. whether horses actually had all hooves off the ground at right. once. Yeah. Huh. So photography really enabled it. So what, what came from this um, is two different schools of thought for how this is possible. Yeah. And uh, I can only... I can I can't really do it justice explaining it mm -hmm. verbally. It's it's better seen. Okay, Ben is trying to drop me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so there there are two schools of thought. So yeah. um, one school of thought is that uh, remember it's the total angular momentum that's conserved. Mm -hmm. So you cats aren't just a pencil. They're, they they could flex. They could move. Right. So it's possible for them to be spinning in, in one direction with some part of their body, mm -hmm. but if they counter it with spinning in another part of their body, they can maintain this zero net angular momentum. Huh. So, so, so one, one, okay. one way of doing this is if the cat is starting with its legs pointed up, mm -hmm. it could spin its top half of its body and its bottom half of its body in different directions. Right. But if like a figure skater, on the top half of its body, it pulls its arms in. Mm -hmm. The top half of its body will rotate more quickly right. than its lower half of its body if it extends its legs. Hmm. So the top half of the body will achieve most of the rotation. Mm -hmm. But since the bottom half of the body is extended, it'll rotate in the wrong direction, but only to a very small degree. Okay. And then if it reverses this by extending its arms before mm -hmm. it falls... Yep. and bringing in its legs, mm -hmm. then the bottom half of the body will make up for what it lost in its right. initial extent yeah. to cover that and land it on all four feet. So okay. it, it's kind of crazy that that's possible. That, that, that makes sense to me, but give me door number two. Okay, door number two. 
Um, so magic. This, this one. <laughs> Cat magic. So this this is a, kind of a hard motion to explain. Um, the way that people picture it is that the the two halves of the cat the cat's body are two cylinders. Mm-hmm. So there's two independent axes of rotation. If yeah. the cat bends like a V, mm-hmm. you have one part of the V rotating one direction, the other part of the V rotating in the other direction. Um, so this is a type of rotation that going that's going on. It yeah. it adds mm-hmm. up to a net angular momentum mm-hmm. that's compensated, adds up to zero by the yeah. whole cat's body yeah. rotating the other way. So that, okay. I I think it's if you look at Wikipedia, the animations of this don't mm-hmm. don't look very physical. It looks okay. a little unconvincing to me. Um, huh. But I think it I think picturing the cat as doing a hula hooping motion uh-huh. is consistent with this. So it okay. makes me wonder if I hula hoop and I jump really quickly, <laughs> will I rotate the other <laughs> the other in the other um, direction? Okay, are are scientists pretty confident that the net angular momentum is the right? paradigm to explore yeah i i think i think they're 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 confident on the net angular momentum being conserved without okay. without uh, forces or torques acting on it and i think that has to do with there being no privileged point of reference in, in physics it, it yeah. doesn't matter if if you're if you yourself are going this fast mm-hmm. and somebody else is going this fast it's kind of like all points of references mm-hmm. are, are equivalent, yeah, and that leads to conservation of angular momentum. So it's something gotcha. really physically okay. deep to it. If if you lived in the southern hemisphere and just picked up the cat with the legs facing down, mm-hmm. would the cat land on its back? Legs facing down, cat land. I, I think it would it would figure it out. I think it would figure it out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. Just the whole, like, cat dropping. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. yeah. And so th- you, c- if you look online, you'll find videos. Mm-hmm. People are doing their own experiments. There's videos of poor TikTok. Cats. Yeah. Videos of poor cats struggling in outer <laughs> space to try to figure out what's up and what's down. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Huh. So... Yep, those are those are my top five, um, and I have I have one bonus if we have. I, time. I heard rumors of a bonus. That's right. So here, there, my favorite burger place when we lived in Texas. Texas, there's a genre of burgers like a Texas style burger. It's kind of like in between like a fast food burger and a like a gastropub type type of burger. So what might you uh, find on this burger? Ba- still basic stuff. So just like you know cheese, lettuce, tomato, but but it's like bigger and heartier than a. Um, than just like a you know regular uh, McDonald's or Burger King, but my favorite local joint was called Bonus Burger. Bonus Burger. Yeah. So every time I hear Bonus and Bonus Burger, like sounds a little bit like a Google Translate thing, or like were, were they was this like Russian infiltration that like didn't really know the language <laughs> or something? But yeah, Bonus Burger. So did, did they have a Bonus Burger on their menu? They did not. No, darn. <laughs> I would put that at the end of the menu myself. I mean, talk talk to Putin. But anyway, so give it give, give us the bonus burger here, Ben. So the, the the bonus burger is how does ice skating work? Oh. And it's it's bonus because when researching what what I wanted to say for this episode, I yeah. thought I knew how ice skating works, but yeah. it turns out um, that this is this is still controversial. People have not yet 
reach consensus on how really? ice skating actually works. Huh. Okay. So Hit me. the way the way that I thought it works, and this is a really cool explanation for it. Um, turns out it's not the at least not the whole picture. Yeah. So uh, when you when you pour yourself a glass of ice water, yep. One thing that's really remarkable is that the ice floats on top of the liquid water. Right. This is very different from nearly all other physical substances. That, that's because the ice is less dense than the, like the solid is less dense than the liquid. That's exactly right. That's yeah. usually the opposite. That's that's exactly yep. right. And then it has to do with the way um, the bonds, the, the temporary bonds between one uh, water molecules, hydrogen, and the other water molecules, oxygen. Yep. There's a little electrostatic attraction between the two. Okay. Temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, but that forms at certain angles. And it's this angle preference that makes the solid um, fill up space more easily. It, mm. It's kind of like if you had a, uh, a box of connects versus actually okay. snapping them together. Yep. It's, yeah. it's that principle. Yep. Okay. So... So yeah, so um, similarly, if you if you compress ice, you could think of that as compressing the water molecules together mm-hmm. and favoring a liquid. Yeah. So that's that's an actual effect um, that you could depress the freezing point of water by putting pressure on it. Yes. But the the, the problem with that is we know. That um, so like that that would be expected if you do the calculations for how much pressure you're putting on your ice skate. Mm-hmm. That would permit ice skating maybe um, a few degrees below zero. But we actually know that people are able to ice skate at twenty degrees below zero Celsius. Huh. So okay. we had to jettison so that. Full, yeah. Yes, it's not the full picture. Um, so there, there are a few other things that could be going on. It's the jury's still out on mm-hmm. what it could be. Um, there are, there is this, um, there are liquid layers of water that mm-hmm. exists in equilibrium with the solid surface. Yeah. So maybe that could do it. But then water is not a great lubricant anyway because you can't ice skate on a, a wet driveway, for yeah. instance. Yeah. So that that can't be the whole picture either. Um, and what. So, like, you know, what could it be? It could, it could possibly be a combination of effects. It could okay. be that there are little bits of ice that make, um, that that make the the lubricating layer more hardy, it, like a better lubricant. So that okay. that's a possibility. Yeah. But yeah, I thought I knew, I thought I, I knew that explanation uh-huh. down, or I, ha- I thought I had that down. But yeah, yeah, I did not coming into this episode, and I, I'm glad I, I caught myself beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Ben, that was a great bonus. These are great five golden things. Science. Turtle doves, if you have other scientific questions, you can write in to either me or Ben. Please specify if you want scientific answers from me or from Ben. <laughs> or if you have any corrections yourselves <laughs> to the science on five this things pod at gmail.com. Hey, turtle doves, this is going to be the last episode that releases before Christmas, but it has been a very fun year. We'll check you out on the other end. Ben, any parting shots? Um, parting shots. I just want to say thanks for listening. No, no, no shots. <laughs> no shots. No shots. Just gratitude. <laughs> Ta-ta, turtle loves. Ta-ta. Wow. That was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. 
Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip. <laughs>